We will uh, begin in prayer, and then we'll read and divide the passage. And, of course, our desire, as always, is to get the aim of the author as the aim uh, for the church this morning. So first, let us pray. Holy Father of heaven, your children come before you this morning with a desire that your will would be accomplished here amongst this body of believers this morning, just as it is in heaven. We ask, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would enlighten our minds, that love for Jesus would inflame our hearts, and that your grace would move us and move our will toward obedience. We ask you, Lord, to empower Ben and Mary as they serve. Uh, we pray that they would serve with the love of Christ in a compelling way as they do in, in the PNG for those who are suffering corruption and the loss of their homes, Lord. Uh, we pray, Lord, this morning that you would bring to remembrance that we as a church here are an outpost uh, in the world for the kingdom of God. And also, Lord, we ask that your presence would be known amongst us this morning. We ask all of this in the mighty name of Jesus. So if you are, and as you are able, would you stand for the reading of God's word? We will begin in the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 15. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world will not see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. In that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him. And we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words. And the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away, and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced, because I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it takes place, so then when it does take place, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me, but I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world may know that I love the Father." Rise, let us go from here. This is the word of God. Be seated. So this morning I want to ask this. Do you know the love of God in Christ Jesus this morning? Do you know the love of God in Christ Jesus this morning? Is there evidence outside of just your words that you are loved by God? that you have been converted to Christ in a saving way? Is the love of God present 
Is, he, is the love of God present in your relationships at home? Is the love of God present uh, in your relationships at work and in your school and in the marketplace? Is God's love manifesting itself in love for your fellow church member, your neighbor, for Christ, for his word? We're going to explore this morning the topic of the presence of love as we unfold this passage together. We're going to see in our text that the perfected, unifying, relational love exists in God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We also see as such that love then is not defined by us, but love is defined by the triune God alone. As you know and probably hear everywhere today, any television programs you watch, any uh, almost every program you watch, and, and most commercials, and just society as a whole in the news, we see that the LGP, LGBTQ plus community and the BLM community, they have the same mantra, and you'll see it on posters and on signs as you go through neighborhoods. Love is love. And in this worldview, love then is indiscriminate. Love is love. Love is defined by the person. It means that love has no limits and has absolutely no guidelines for its expression. But what we're going to see from the scripture today is that love has conditions. That love can express itself, but it has to express itself according to certain conditions. It expresses itself according to certain conditions. Now, I want you to get this, that you are loved by God by no condition of your own, right? In that sense, it is unconditional. But how you express love to God is conditional. There's a condition by which it is really love. And that is that we have to do it according to God's word and according to his plan. So let us take a look at verse 15 really closely. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Chapter 14 begins and ends with an encouragement from Jesus. Uh, Let not your hearts be troubled. He says so in the beginning of chapter 14, and he says so also in verse 27. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe the promises of God. Have faith that the Father and I are one. Trust that you are loved. Hope in me. Jesus had before, prior, made some promises to the disciples as he announced his departure. Remember in verses 12 through 14, Jesus promises that because he goes away, that there are greater works, greater works than he has done will be accomplished through them. And secondly, Jesus says, whatever you ask for, In his name, he will do it. But there's a condition. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Jesus tells the disciples that the evidence of God's love expressing itself in their lives is obedience to the commands of God. 
Think about that for a second. I want to say it again. The evidence of God's love expressing itself in our lives, in your life, is obedience to the commands of God. That see, there's a condition by which love is really love. Love for God, love for Jesus, expresses itself according to the commands of God. How we express love towards each other, too, is according to the commands of God. In essence, Jesus is saying, only love for me will succeed in moving you towards faithfulness and towards holiness. See, it's not that we love or we obey to get love. That's not the point he's making here. We don't obey to get love. But if you are loved, it will express itself in love towards him according to his commands. Does that make sense? According to his commands, love will express itself according to the rules, according to what God says, right? And how we motivate ourselves towards obedience is not by mustering it up and mustering up some strength, right? It is we are loved and the love of God towards us moves us in love towards him, which then moves us towards obedience, faithfulness, holiness. That's what he's getting at here. See, we might be motivated for a while to obey God because we want to avoid pain. That works a little bit, right? And you know that when you raise kids that sometimes they will obey you uh, just to avoid the consequences, right? So it's pain avoidance and it works for a while until they become a little callous to the pain. Or they disregard the pain and they go, well, the pain's worth it. I'm going to do what I want to do, right? But we know that our, ch our children really have hurt us when, contrary to what they want to do, they say, I will obey mom and dad because I know that they love me. They have my best interest at heart. And, and the loving way to express that back is do what they say. Do according to how they have taught me. But only obedience will express the presence of God's electing love in our own lives, right? See, how do you know that you are loved by God? Because the love that God has sent towards you expresses itself in obedient love towards Him. That's one of the, the tests. You can test yourself. Am I obeying God's commands? And if you can answer that question honestly, you say, yes, this means I am loved. I am loved by him. And here's the evidence. I lovingly obey him. I follow after him. James Montgomery Boyce writes this. Any love that does not express itself with conformity to the command of Christ is a pseudo love. It is a love that is false in itself a love that deals falsely with the one who is espousing it. Jesus has been teaching the disciples all along that obedience to the word of God and doing the will of God demonstrates the love of God towards him. Obedience expresses that you are loved by God and that you love the one who saved you. If you are loved and you do love, it will. I want to emphasize this, will. 
It's very firm. It will be expressed in obedience to Christ and to his word. Love is not love. Love is not love just because we say it, just because we feel it, just because we think it, just according to our own purposes. Love is not love unless it is expressed according to the commands of God. Love is conditionally expressed. And the condition is obedience. Another condition is that God must be manifest in your life in order for that to happen. You will not meet this uh, condition unless God be with you. That which is commanded by God will be expressed through you, but it must be enabled and accomplished by God with you. Because can you imagine when Jesus promises them, greater things will you do if I go to the Father? Can imagine the thought. Well, you are the word made flesh and you dwelt among us and you are with us as John has been teaching. If you're gone, how is that going to happen? God must be with us in order for that to happen. In order for it to be such an affirmative statement that you will keep my commandments. If you love me, see, it is, it is definite, right? You will keep my commandments. It begs the question, then God must be present for that to be true. Because God must do that work in us and through us. Verse 16, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. You know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. Jesus promises that the disciples' hearts need not be troubled. They need not be troubled that he is going away because he will ask the Father to send the Spirit to manifest himself in them and through them. And therefore, they will keep the commandments. The love that Jesus commands is a love not according to the world's definition. It's not uh, expressed according to varied uh, definitions of the individual person but a love that is received through the Spirit, a love given specifically to the people of God. What the Spirit of God intends in your life, which is namely in this passage, obedience. But I want us to get this, and we should get this as a church, we should get this as individuals, but that which God commands, God does. You see that? So... As this word commands that you, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. You must remember this, that that which is commanded of us, God does in us. That's the guarantee that it'll be done. That's the guarantee in your life. That's the confidence that you and I can walk in. Well, you might say to yourself right now, well, I've been pretty disobedient. I've walked away. I've done things my own way. Know this. If you be in Christ, if the love of God has converted you to Him, it will be accomplished through you and in you by the Holy Spirit of God will accomplish that work. Because if we can say that my will can resist what the Spirit wants to do, then who has power here on earth and in the world? You do. 
<laughs> untrue. We cannot thwart the, the, the Spirit. The Spirit, what the Spirit of God wants to accomplish, He accomplishes. What God wills to accomplish comes to pass. Do you have confidence in that, that what God wants to do, God does? What God wants to do, God does. And God wants you to obey Him in love. If you be His, you will. You will. Because He will accomplish it in you. So, what the Spirit of God intends in your life is obedience. And the commands of God then are guaranteed to be accomplished. You will fail. You will, you will fail to love Jesus. You will fail to obey His commands. But the Spirit will convict, correct, comfort, and enable the one to whom God has set His electing love upon do you see a progression of obedience to the commands of Scripture in your life? Do you notice that you are growing in obedience to what the Scriptures say in your life ever since the beginning of the time when you first confessed Jesus as Lord? If the answer is no, if we are not growing in obedience and faith to Christ, if the answer is no. Ask yourself this, do I really love him? Has his love really converted me? If I'm not progressing in obedience, if the answer is no, I've got to ask myself, do I really love him? Do I really know the love of God that is in Christ Jesus? i got to ask myself, have I received the love of God and Jesus' atoning death on the cross, really? Have I really done that? See, because as we move along in this life and in this world, just as Paul writes to, this, to the Corinthians, for the love of Christ controls us, because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died, and he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. Do you ever wonder in your own life why you have not seen the greater works of God manifest in your life? Why are the things that we ask of Christ, sometimes we ask Christ rightly, right? We ask things of Christ according to his will. And we ask things according to his word, but yet it is not fully expressed in our lives. Well, it could be this, that you and I are unable to fully enjoy the full scope of what God promises to us because we fail to meet the conditions. Keep my commands. Maybe we don't meet, meet the conditions because we try to meet the conditions in our own strength and according to our own righteousness rather than yielding ourselves to the Spirit of Christ and His righteousness. See, true followers of Christ will love Him. They will obey Him through the loving, empowering gift of God and the Holy Spirit's presence in the follower's life. I would ask you this morning, are you feeling defeated? Well, let not your hearts be troubled. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit 
who dwells in you. We should have confidence in this, brothers and sisters. So Jesus again promises them, verse 18, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world will see me no more, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. In that day you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them, he it is who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. Judas, not Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will manifest yourself to us and not to the world? Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and the Father will love him and will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. Jesus knows the frame of all of his chosen vessels. He knows who they are. He knows that each person to whom God has loved unto salvation is marred by sin. And that each person lives in a world wrecked by sin. And each person has no ability in the flesh to meet the commands of God or his Christ. If this were not so, Jesus' mission on earth was pointless. Because you remember, John earlier says that God so loved that he sent his only son. He gave him. He made him manifest to the world. And then he made him uh, savingly manifest to his disciples. And Jesus says, I will not leave you as orphans. I must go away. (coughs) But if you're going to keep the commands of God, uh, God will have to continue the work in you that has only just begun. The prospect of doing greater things anticipates the need for the manifestation of God, doesn't it? Whatever you ask in my name, I will do. That is a promise he made as well. The prospect of of loving obedience from us toward holy God, us sinners who are prone to weakness and failure, necessitates God's ongoing presence in our life, doesn't it? It necessitates that. You will keep my commands if you love me. That necessitates God's ongoing presence in our lives. God is three in one, perfectly loving one another. The departure of the Son is not cause for alarm here, you see, because the Father, the Son, and the Spirit are one God. The Father and the Son will soon be reunited in heaven, but they will remain manifest in the disciples' life, he says, because through the Helper I am sending you the Holy Spirit. The disciples rightly ask, don't they, at this point, I think, how, how will you be manifest to us and not to the world? And Jesus answers that with, your obedience to what I command will be evidence of the Spirit's loving presence in your life. And the evidence of your love towards us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. One of the ways Puritans explain the work of the triune God, which I really like, is this. The Father is the fountain of the subsistence of the Son and the Spirit. 
As the fountain, the Father begins the work. The Son carries on the motion and the energy of the work. And the Spirit coming from both perfects, consummates, and executes the work to its completion. To, do, to say it again so that we get this, I think this is really uh, well said. The Father is the fountain of the subsistence of the Son and the Spirit. As the fountain, the Father begins the work. The Son carries on the motion and the energy of the work. And the Spirit, coming from both, perfects, consummates, and executes the work to completion. Jesus says, I am going away, but I will not abandon you. I will send the Helper, the Spirit. The Spirit will intercede in your weakness. He will be manifest in your lives, empowering and enabling you to do greater things than these, accomplishing loving obedience to my commands. You will know the presence of our loving Father because you will express love through your obedience. And all that the Son accomplished in His humanity... It was dependent upon the Spirit, wasn't it? He, he thought equality with God was not a thing to be grasped. But he, in his humanity, obeyed God perfectly according to his will. In human flesh, he obeyed God. Why? He was dependent and driven and moved and captured by the Spirit of God to accomplish all that God wanted for him. That means that what Jesus accomplished in his humanity by the power of the Spirit is, is available to us. He was conceived by the Spirit. He was anointed by the Spirit. He was filled with the Spirit. He was sealed by the Spirit, led by the Spirit, rejoiced in the Spirit, gave commands by the Spirit, performed miracles in the power of the Spirit, and he was raised by the Spirit. If the church of Jesus Christ or the church here at Spring Hill is going to demonstrate the love of God, it is going to obey His commands. We must depend on the Spirit of Christ to be manifest in our lives. Kingdom people are to manifest the kingdom of God in this dark world. We do so through the power of the Holy Spirit in us. Kingdom people make the love of God evident in the world through the Spirit-empowered obedience to all that Christ commands. Do you want an affirmative answer to your prayers? What prayer can you guarantee you will have an affirmative answer to? I can think of one for sure. If we pray to God to give us His Spirit. Luke eleven thirteen says this, If you then, who are evil, know how to good, give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? I believe that that is a prayer that God will always answer in the, in the affirmative. God, give me your Spirit that I might do your will. Give me your Spirit that I might love you, that I might live according to your commands. I believe that is an, a, a prayer that God will always answer for His children. Verse 25. These things I have spoken to you while I am still here, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. 
You heard me say to you that I am going away and I will come to you. If you loved me, you would have rejoiced because I am going to the Father, for the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you before it takes place, so that when it does take place, you may believe. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming. He has no claim on me, but I do as the Father commanded me, so that the world may know that I love the Father. Rise, let us go from here, he says. This is how he ends. When the sermon is over this morning, how soon will you forget the instructions of God's word? Will you make it to the foyer and then forget? Perhaps you'll remember all the way to the car. Maybe you'll get all the way home. You might even make it through lunch. Paul says the natural man looks in the mirror and walks away and he returns because he forgot what he looks like. How easily we do forget the teachings of the Word of God, don't we? How easily we forget the promises of God in His Word. How easily we forget the commitments that we made to Him. See, Jesus knows the frame of His, his disciples and He knows that they will soon forget and that they will easily forget. They will soon struggle like we do with the assurance of our salvation in Christ. They will need help. The Spirit will help. He will remind you of these things, Jesus says. And He reminds them of this. I have peace with the Father. And through the Spirit's help and your loving obedience, you will have the same peace with God. The peace I have with the Father, the loving relationship I have because I obey His commands, that I leave with you. You can have that peace. Because if you love Him, you will keep His commands. And now you and I and they, the disciples, are going into the world that opposes all that the Scripture has taught. It opposes all that Jesus has said. And there's a ruler in this age, the same ruler that opposed Jesus, opposes us. And Jesus says, that ruler has no claim on me because I display the Father's love towards me through obedience to what he commands. Think about that for us. Does the ruler of this age have no hold on us? He does. He has no hold on us because we, in loving obedience, obey what Christ commands. Now, that does not mean that you're going to be safe in this world from opposition. In fact, it probably means you're going to get more of it. But peace he gives. The world and its system has no claim on you. If you display my love to each other and to me through your obedience. You see, love is only love when the condition of its expression is according to that which Christ taught, which he modeled, and which he proclaimed. I would ask us this morning to ask ourselves this. Do you love Jesus? Are you playing church? Do you play Christian on the weekend? 
Do you love his people? Do you belong to the kingdom of God? Are you an overcomer? The answer to that question is evident in this. Do you keep his commandments? Do you keep what he says? Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of Him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey His commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep His commandments and His commandments are not burdensome. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? And I know my brother often says this, I believe, help me with my unbelief. Often when he's asking for prayer, he says, I believe, but the prayer I need is, I need help with my unbelief. I would say this, I love Jesus, but I need help with my unloving, disobedient ways. I need help. I need God to send His Spirit to enable me to do that which God has commanded. And I trust that He is doing that work in me and will ultimately accomplish it. That which He has begun in us, He will accomplish in the day of Christ Jesus, right? We can count on that. But we need help. And here's great news, guys. God in His love sent His Spirit. The Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in all of you who are called by His name. That which He commands, He has given you through the Spirit. He has given you the ability to carry it out. One of the things that I I used to hate to hear somebody say, I am just always going to be this way. I'm always going to be marred in this particular sin or this particular disobedience. No, you're not. It is untrue that if you be in Christ, He will accomplish it in you. You cannot be defeated. You cannot be defeated because Christ has won the victory. Amen? Christ has won the victory for us and sent His Spirit to enable us to do that which by our own nature, by our own flesh, according to our own weaknesses, we cannot do, right? We understand that we have no ability to do it. But we love God and understand that He can and that He will through us. That which He commands, He has given you through the Spirit the ability to carry it out. Let's take a moment of silence to reflect on God's word and what he has spoken to you this morning and that we ask that he will bring it to our remembrance this week. We conclude this service by hearing God's word and having it be the last word we hear this morning from Revelation chapter four. Worthy are you, our Lord and God to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they existed and were created. Amen.